Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. What a crazy week in college football. Week 9, Paul Catalina, Garrett Ross, Jacob Wilson will come barging in here in just a second. He had to uh, stop and put air in his tires because of the, the weather, Garrett. It is- It'll get you. It is uh, quite chilly in Waco today. Um, I know that if you're watching this and you are above the Mason-Dixon line or maybe not even above the Mason-Dixon line if you're just north of Texas and you're like, oh, it's 43 degrees. And you're like, oh, I bet you guys like that. Um, we're happy it's cooler, but no, oh, I we don't like it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'm all about the cold weather, dude. Yeah. Well, you're wearing a hockey jersey today. Yeah. So all that. Fitting. Thing. Here we go. Here it comes. We get the, uh, the, the barge in, which is only something, come on, just, just walk in front of the camera. I don't care. There we go. Yeah. So we had to start, Jacob. I know you were filling up your tires. But a crazy week in college football, Garrett. Uh, There is some news that has broken today, this morning, in the Big Ten. uh, And it is only surprising that it happened this early. But Brian Ferentz is no longer the offensive coordinator at the University of Iowa. He will be replaced by Weston Copeland, who is the wide receivers coach. Uh, in the interim OC role for the remaining games of this season, the drive to 325 has officially ended. It should have. It should have been dead. It should have been over before it started. Uh, I don't know what they thought was going to happen. You know, what's the the old definition of insanity? When you try the same thing over and over again and you expect different results. And uh, look, 12 points, that should be – you should be able to score more than 12 points and win a football game, right? So, yes. You know, so this week they play Northwestern. The over-under in that game is 29 and a half. (laughs) Do you know know how many over-unders have been that low in the history of college football? I mean, I would say double digits maybe. Zero. Zero. It is the lowest over-under since they started doing that. Wow. (laughs) I mean, I would have thought that Iowa would have hit that mark in the past, but uh, that even surpassed my my expectation. And again, for Northwestern and Iowa – I would, at 29 and a half, I would bang the under because 17-14 seems like a lot of points for that game. So When you say that out loud, that number of points being scored by either of those teams, yeah, it makes sense why the line is set where it is. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, that is uh, Iowa footballs. uh, That's the under for Iowa. And then, look, they they hit the under the whole year. Like, that that was their offense. They had one game where they scored like 30 points against a, yeah. an SCS opponent, and you thought like, oh, well, maybe they can kind of. Yeah. I'm not a gambling guy. I grew up yeah. here where, where you know, it hasn't been legal for the history of this place here in Texas. Yeah. But I would imagine someone out there in Vegas is losing a lot of money on the, the Iowa Hawkeyes just because everyone keeps hitting the under over and over and over again, and yeah. that's why they had to do something 
drastic, like putting a, a two in front of that uh, line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that's not the craziest thing happened. That's just the breaking news uh, of the day uh, that happened uh, just a couple hours ago. Iowa announced that. But... Jacob, uh, we saw some big upsets this week, and we didn't know what we were going to see or some things that were um, championship picture changing. Let's start out with Oklahoma and Kansas. I called this one. Garrett, you remember it, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kansas wins that game. Jason Bean's signature win as a quarterback. Absolutely. And I don't know if this this is probably, I will say this one is Lance Leipold's signature win, even though he does have a dub over Texas, because this is a different He's situation. Al- he's also not the f- – like, even through the worst of the years in Kansas football, he's not the only Kansas coach that has a win over Texas. Yes, David Beatty has one. That's true. So, um, so yeah, it's not as special. But Kansas has never beaten Oklahoma. <laughs> the, like, I mean, we're like – not beaten since, like, 1997, right? Yeah, like, I mean, they just never do. Like, it's not happened uh, in, in the big – like – I mean, they, they, they've been together since the Big Eight, so that had to, that had to have been a middle finger that was really satisfying to, yeah, to just throw it to Oklahoma. Yeah, they're, like, I can tell you this. Kansas and Oklahoma will not play a regular season game against each other again in any of our lifetimes. I believe you. In this room. I believe you. Yeah, I, it's not going to happen. Can't, like, Kansas could call Oklahoma and be like, hey, you guys want it, and then like, Oklahoma's not going to take the call. Like, the last time that they ever play Oklahoma, it's going to be a Kansas win. The only reason I would be wrong about that statement is if it bothers Oklahoma so much. But they just have to go and make it right. Like, hey, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I don't like that the last time we played, we lost. We have to make this right. And then when you start, you know, um, you know, when, you, when you're out for revenge, you dig two graves or whatever it is, you know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I've got a feeling it's going to be like the Warriors where Kansas is like the guy with the, the bottles. Warriors, <laughs> come out and play. <laughs> so they, uh, that was huge in that I don't think it's taken Oklahoma completely out of the college football playoff picture, but now they need help. That's true. And, and they're going to need a little bit more because – no matter how good Kansas is, and Kansas is good. Like, let's not forget this. Lance Leipold has done good things with this team. This is a good team. This is not that much of a stretch of an upset. But I just don't trust the committee not to go, well, I mean, they lost to Kansas, and that will be devalued somehow. I mean, it's going to be hard for a committee to remember that this isn't the same Kansas team that has been the doormat in the Big 12 for 15 consecutive years. But um, – the Big 12 teams don't get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to voting in, yeah. any, in any way whatsoever. And so I think there's a really good chance that the Big 12 goose is cooked when it comes to competing for a national championship. I mean, look, that, that's, a, that's a, a fair point. Look, if, if Texas loses to Kansas State this week, that f- effectively takes them out of it. And I don't know what's going to happen in that game. Texas looked really good against BYU. I think um, – and it, not a knock on Texas, but B, I mean – I kind of expected BYU to lose that badly in Austin. Malik Murphy played well. I mean, everything worked out well for them. But BYU is not Kansas State. No, they're not. Now, Texas has beaten Kansas State three straight years. So that maybe gives you a little bit of hope. But I doubt that we're going to see Quinn Ewers. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in this game this week. But, yeah, I think Texas and Oklahoma, um, want, like again, one of them has to win out, and they both need help. So they need, they need a lot of help. They need a lot of help. I mean, look, Washington. I think a one-loss Alabama beats a one-loss Texas and a one-loss Oklahoma in any. Well, kind of now, what Alabama's one loss is to Texas. 
at home. So I do think that Texas would jump them in that scenario because don't forget who Texas is. They are Texas, and they do have influence. If you don't, uh, if you don't need to, if you need any kind of empirical research on Texas influence, I will hearken you back to not getting a review against Houston on their way out of a league. <laughs> so <laughs> they they still like I don't think like I, I'm not saying those things are intentional. I think they're just. They get the benefit of the doubt. They, they get the benefit of the doubt. They've cast a specter over the league, and so because of that, there is this like big, like even still, it's okay. It's kind of like where we hear like we hear it all the time on our show, Jacob. People are like, "Well, listen, I like that Clemson's doing it the right way, recruiting wise." You're like, "No, they're not. They're doing it yeah. the wrong way. Every they're like they're not like the only ones who are following the rules. The rules have changed, and they refuse to take advantage of them. So it's like people think of things the same way. Like, oh well, you know, Alabama gave this kid a bunch of money, so he went there. And you're like, yeah. That's, I mean, that's 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 what you do. I, I I base that take on just history, and because Texas, while they they do have this aura of superiority, even when they are not good, and they have they have this benefit of the doubt, but they have never been in the college football playoff, and Alabama has gotten that benefit of the doubt plenty of times before, and so until I see it happen, I still think a one loss Alabama uh, one loss Alabama team jumps them. I really yeah. do. Well, I mean, look, it, it, I mean they they but they're they're Alabama's loss. And they beat the crap out of them, too, in the second half of that game. So, I mean, timing of year, I think, plays a factor into it. That was early enough in the year that people might forget about it. Yeah. No, I also also don't think that when you have Alabama, like, Alabama's not passing the eye test every week. Like, part of the thing that they were able to do before is they had their their loss, but every other week they pass the eye test. They don't really pass the eye test right now. Even if Alabama, okay, there's a good chance they could get beat on Saturday. There's also a good chance that, Nick Saban out coaches Brian Kelly and the the tie get the dub. But at the same time, if they go into the SEC championship and they get beat by Georgia, which more than likely is going to happen, there goes the one loss scenario for the yeah. tide. I, I I agree with that, Garrett. I do, because that, that would add two losses. Yeah. No, I like again, I, I think uh, you know, look, Alabama needs a ton of help. They really do, sure. because they like they don't look when you watch them, they don't look good. Like they look better by comparison than the other teams they're playing, because guess what? I'm saying it. I'm going to say it loud. I'm going to step back from the mic. The SEC is crap now. <laughs> it is, though. Like, oh, it is. It it's really not is. like – it is not like – you can sit there and say for years and years and years in your marketing material, it just means more. Well, guess what? This year, it just means the same. It just means the same. You're in a down year. It's fine. It happens to literally everyone else. And – like, if the committee doesn't recognize that, then yes, I, I think that could be a problem. But, you know, and we'll see tonight. If they have Alabama a little higher than Alabama should be in those rankings, you'll be like, ah, damn it. Here they go again, suckling at the tide teat. But, I, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. I think there are. I've had, I've had that exact thought too many times in my life, and that's the reason why I'm thinking this way. Yeah, I, I think that there are. Maybe nine teams in the country that are for sure better than Alabama, in my opinion. Now, Alabama's ranked eighth, but, yeah, I say nine. There's there's seven teams for sure that are, in my opinion, better than Alabama. Texas, who's ranked right to have them, is, is one of them. Oregon's one of them. Washington's one of them. Florida State, Ohio State, Michigan, all better. Ohio State and Bama would be interesting. 
Ohio State has a better roster, I think, than Alabama does right now around their quarterback. I, man, I would but, take I would take the Buckeyes in that matchup yeah. any day. But but Marvin Harrison Jr. Complete mismatch. Yeah, I mean he's a mismatch for everybody. Um, if they do beat Michigan, that's going to be why because he had like 14 catches for 286 yards and four TDs, and Michigan, in spite of ever, all their good things going on for them. On the field. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got lots of thoughts about him. Yeah, but. we'll talk about him in the third segment, Jacob. Uh, but, yeah, and look, Georgia's starting to find themselves. They, like, I don't think that you should put too much weight behind the fact that they beat Florida, other than the fact that they beat Florida so bad. Yeah, I just, I, I think you're going to learn a lot. I think there's only two teams left on their schedule that have a chance, a remote chance at hell of beating them. That's this Saturday against Mizzou a team that's gave, pushed them in the past, and then Ole Miss. But Ole Miss would probably get in their own way and get beat by Georgia. So I think Georgia cruises through the regular season, and then you've got to hope that somebody, whoever they meet in the championship game, can give them their first loss of the season. But regardless, I don't see a scenario where they're not in the, the Final Four at the end of the year. Yeah. Right now, it looks like they're going to play Alabama in the championship game. But yeah. LSU, LSU could change that completely. And – LSU, in spite of their defense not being very good, it's played better lately. So we'll see. But you also have Makai Wingo. The news coming out today: your best defensive lineman is done for the year. Yeah, that's not good. Not that's at not all. Good stuff. So I don't know. But there are. I mean, there were shakeups this week. Big time shakeups. Look, yeah. I'm not. Um, I mean, there's a, a basketball school in in uh, the Tar Heel State. That, well, uh, they're ranked 25th in the coaches poll, and they're not ranked in the. A- AP poll, which they should not be when you lose to back-to-bank unranked opponents. And one of those opponents... Not good unranked opponents yeah. at that. And Georgia Tech is a little bit on the rise. Like, you know, um, Brent Key has got them kind of going up mm-hmm. a little bit, but they shouldn't be going up that much. And they've lost to them three years in a row now. Uh, but you also lost to Virginia, who is who's not... Who's not great? Although Virginia did push Miami into overtime uh, this week, so uh, maybe that maybe they're on their ascendancy as well. Who knows? Yeah, uh, what's going on? But yeah, you've got um, you've got an ACC now that's essentially Florida State and Louisville heading towards the end. Um, Florida State could take a loss and still probably wind up in the game now in the ACC title game. Um, if they beat Pitt this week, I think that doesn't matter what even happens against Miami. They're they're probably guaranteed of being in the ACC title game. And then Louisville, should they win this week? Uh, I mean, they've kind of they've kind of snuck up um, uh, out of nowhere this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no very one, much out no, of nowhere. No one thought of Louisville being anything remotely contending, and now they're they're shaking things up in the ACC. Well, uh, apparently Jeff Brom is like the San- Shankara stones from Temple of Doom <laughs> when you. You put them next to the other ones, they like light up and glow and give you special powers. So he should have just been back in his home in a little nook in Louisville the whole time. I mean, I don't think the Brahms, and if, if that is your last name, you should move to Louisville and stay there unless you're playing an away game because that town and that name are just, they're, they're kind of magical together. You know what's funny to me about it? Most of the time, fans are wrong about who they want to be the coach. That's true. I, like, if you, if you took, like, okay, you and, and, and Jack are both Baylor fans. If I made you guys the committee to pick a Baylor coach, I can almost promise you you would get it wrong. Oh, if, if you made me the committee to pick FSU's coach, I would probably get it wrong. Although I did, and I have text messages to prove this, tell my friends when they hired Willie Taggart, I think they should hire that dude at Memphis. That was Mike Norvell. But that was just me. 
Uh, <laughs> I was one for one. If you had asked me, you know, after Willie Taggart and all that, if they should have hired the dude from Memphis, when Dion applied, I've been like, I don't know about it. Maybe do Dion. Yeah. <laughs> and so maybe that would have been good too, but would have been more fun. Would have been more fun. Like, yeah, it wouldn't have been, uh, who knows, but like, it, you can't just put fans in charge. It, look, Garrett knows a lot about yes. LSU. If you put him in charge of picking LSU's next coach, I would bet you he would get it wrong. More than likely. Yeah, because you would, you know, you don't have as many things at your disposal. But this is an instance where Louisville fans for literally a decade have been saying, Jeff Brom, we want Jeff Brom to be our coach. This is the guy we want, Jeff Brom. And they're like, well, how about this guy? They're like, Jeff Brom. And then, well, what about, no, 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 Jeff Brom. This guy's like, no, no, Jeff Brom. Charlie, no, no, no. Is his name Jeff Brom? No, that's who we want. And then here it is, year one, and the whole stands, like every time they score a touchdown, their chance would be, we told you so. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're probably laughing. Sorry, I didn't understand that. <laughs> uh, we, have, we have a third co-host now. Yeah, uh, yeah but they're, they're probably laughing at the, uh, the idea that Jeff Satterfield, or, or uh, Scott Satterfield was going to be the, uh, the answer. Yeah. Well, I mean, he immediately – and here's the thing for Scott Satterfield. He went to Louisville, and I don't think he understood because, like, when he was at the press conference or his, like, first event, I'm sure, like, he went to an alumni event, and he's like, all right, we're going to win. I'm going to take questions from you guys. And the first guy's like, why are you not Jeff Brom? <laughs> <laughs> and then he can't answer that question. That's who they wanted. They're the, the Brahms are the Mannings of Louisville. They're the first family of that town, and it's worked out well for them. So, yes, it has. And, you know, they've got, like, they have Jawar Jordan on the roster. He's a great player. Uh, Jack Plummer, who was, a, like, a three-time transfer quarterback, you know, has, has come there and... Started at Purdue. Yeah, started at Purdue with Jeff Brom. So, and... And he's, you know, been able to, like, easily move into that offense. Although, again, they're not great. But they, they shut out Duke this week, uh, who played with a very gimpy Riley Leonard and mm -hmm. uh, couldn't. I think, I think Duke should go ahead and let him rest now. Because yeah. they, they've lost to Florida State and, and now Louisville. Duke. Well, they're, they're, they're out of the race for the time being. I get why you, well, you play him against Louisville, because if you can stay in the race, you stay in the race. But now that you're out of it. Yeah. So that, let the kid take a beat. Yeah. Let him just have him put his foot in ice on and off <laughs> for the next three weeks. Keep, and then, keep, keep it elevated. Yeah. So could, um, I, could I pose two ACC questions? Sure. Okay. First, what are your thoughts on West Virginia? I mean, Virginia Tech and the turnaround that's going on there with Fry. And then I want your opinion on Pat Narduzzi's comments. Oh, yeah. And essentially losing the locker room on Twitter. Yeah. Pat Narduzzi. Um, that's an interesting one. We'll talk about that second. I think what you should do in the ACC, if you are struggling and you have tech in your name, you should hire a guy named Brent. Because Brent Key at Georgia Tech, on the way up. Mm -hmm. Brent Pry at Virginia Tech, on the way up. Yep. Kyron Jones playing really, really well for them. And, um, you know, they've kind of figured him out um, and what he can do well. They're winning games. Um, now... I don't think they want to <laughs> – I'm sure they want to get to the championship game, and there's still a chance they get to the championship right. game. They're 3-1 and one in conference, and that one was a big one in that they went to Tallahassee and got put in the yeah, wood they, chipper. they got absolutely so crushed. So I don't think they want that again, but 
I do think that they will make a push, and I like what he's doing there. I, early in the year, I was like, man, I don't know if this is working. Yeah, it didn't and, look like it. And you know, there just were not like you weren't just seeing the things in year two of a coach that you sometimes see. Mm-hmm. And but here, I, I I think that you like now you're starting to see that Pat Narduzzi. He like, I don't think he was. I don't think first of all, I don't think that you say we lost a lot of good players. And we don't have good, like, essentially saying we don't have good players. Yeah, on now. our roster, we don't. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you can, you can believe that. Believe me, like, I can tell you, every team that is struggling in the country right now, their coaching staff should be having discussions of, all right, well, these guys just aren't good. We have to find to get the best guys out on the field that we can, but the ones that we have right now are not good. Mm-hmm. So let's not pretend like they are, and then we have to address the roster when we can address the roster. Now, I do think sometimes coaches uh, believe in their roster a little bit too much. Yes. And I think that's kind of hap- yeah, happened is right here. here a little bit, where they're like, they like, well, we've seen these guys do this. In practice against and, each other. Yeah. But then against other teams, they're like, oh, no, they can't do that. Like, the measure is not how that, like, the measure of how you earn playing time is what you do in practice. The measure of how you keep playing time is how you do when you play guys with different colored shirts on. <laughs> and I think that's where it is. Pat Narduzzi, like, I don't know how long, like, we're not in that locker room. We don't right. know how he smoothed it over, but it's always going to be in the back of your head. You know, you can have, like, it's an argument at the workplace where you might be kind of over it and not, like, worried about it anymore. But every time something bad happens, it's going to be it's like, yeah. it's going to be right there. He also did it the week before they play the best team in their conference. So true. Not, not maybe <laughs> like not the best motivating tactic. Like, yeah. Hey, I know you guys are about to go play the best team in the league, but I want you to know, I don't believe in you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just keeping it real right here in this the, locker room. Listen, I know that like they're really good and everybody thinks they're going to be in the college football playoff and you know, they got a lot of good things going. And I want you to know from right here, deep down in my heart, you can't beat them. you you're slow you're fat you're weak you can't throw that's how i feel about every single one of you and i mean that (laughs) there's a but go get them god there's a highly offensive uh, locker room sketch on youtube that i i I won't even bring it up because it is that offensive but you're reminding me of of right now like your your parents did you a disservice by telling you you should have been an athlete i fell for that it's my fault your high school coaches Totally screwed me here. Yeah. You know what's funny is like you do sit like it's on the co- like you say hey um, we lost a lot of good players uh, but it's on us like <laughs> you are basically saying like listen it's on me to be able to recognize that these guys aren't good and I didn't do that I'm now realizing it I'm sorry and then you have to go be like yeah I, I said that he's gonna smooth things over it was just not a smart move no but coaches are are emotional look I think Dabo and look they lost. Clemson lost again. Dabo threw Cade Klubnik under the bus a little bit last week. When he him, he was just being honest about right. what it was supposed to be. But sometimes, like, it's 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 amazing to me when coaches are cagey and when they're not. Like, Dabo's a really cagey dude lately. When you ask him questions that he shouldn't be cagey about, he's really cagey. And then ones that you he should be like, look, you know, kid made a decision. 
you know, he saw something there that we didn't see. You know, it didn't work out, but Cade's a great athlete, and he'll learn from that as opposed to, like, well, it's supposed to be a handoff, so I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I know how that's, that's how I would feel, but when this thing is in front of you, like, it's a microphone. It's, it was invented so that everyone can hear what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't see any problem with coaches saying what everybody's thinking and, and can clearly see by watching a game. Just clean it up, you yeah, know? Like, listen. There's sometimes the PG version of what is actually going on. Sometimes you need to like, you know, soft blow. So there's not panic in the streets. You know, if, if every time that there was a war, the president went out and been like, everybody panic, (laughs) like it'd be way worse. But the good presidents get out and be like, listen, we're strong. We're resolute. You know, we believe in our mission. We believe in the the American cause. And we're going to go out there and we're going to bring, we're going to bring these men and women home as opposed to like, I don't know what we're doing. (laughs) The general doesn't listen to me. You know, like all of these things, those are things you can't do. And that's kind of what. Dabo Sweeney did last week mm-hmm. and what Pat Narduzzi did this week and that sometimes you just need to say, you can say what you want to say without saying it directly. I mean, I think you can be PG-13 when the mic is in front of you and then yeah. go be rated R in the locker room. That, yeah, that, exactly. That, that's no, yeah. I, I mean, you know, if you're in, like if you're in church and the guy next to you has a booger, you don't go like, Frank, Frank, <laughs> you got a booger. <laughs> you go, do this, go you, digging you, for you, nose gold. You, you, you do this. You're like, <laughs> and then Frank, you know, gets it and moves on. But, like, that's not what they did. No. When we come back, we keep diving into week nine, including Oregon State, who was uh, maybe an outside playoff darling. Arizona and Noah Fafita continue their rise. This is the Triple Option 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Alongside Jacob Wilson, Garrett Ross, and Jack McKenzie. Kicking back with his feet up, which he's earned. Jack's earned that. Right. Works very hard. He needs a few minutes during the day, a hectic Monday, to kick his feet up. We don't have a camera pointed at Jack, but uh, he looks very comfortable right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he still looks comfortable. Does, he, deserves, does, he deserves, even when he's working, It's the thing with these Gen Z kids. They, they look comfortable and lazy, and they claim to be working. I don't yeah. understand it. Yeah. They're the ones who, like, with the nap pods. You know, in my day, we didn't have a nap pod. We just fell asleep in our desk. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, my, my technique in college was just, just if I was falling asleep at work or in, or in class, I'd just dab a little hot sauce on my, uh, on my hand there and take a little lick, and that would wake me right up. Really? I wasn't paying attention after that because I was in pain, but I stayed awake. What, whatever works, Jacob. Exactly. Whatever works. All right, so we are hurtling through. Uh, getting, we're going to get the first rankings this week. And let me take this as the first opportunity in 2023 to make my yearly PSA, of which I will do a lot of. The ranking shows before the last one don't mean shit. They don't mean anything. <laughs> They're pointless. It's a television show. It's made to build up drama. So tomorrow night when you're watching the ranking show and they come out and they say something about your team or another team and you're like, how can they? Bah, bah, ah! Don't do it. Don't watch it. Don't worry about it. We're here to worry about it and report on it for you. I will not watch it. I'll read the rankings. I'll read the recap that they send me and pick out things I think are nonsense, talk about it, and then we'll move on because, again, it doesn't matter. It might not matter, but it gives people like us a lot to talk about. Yeah, that's what our job. But, like, don't stress over it because if your team is seventh right now and you feel like they deserve to be higher, they, they can very well be. Look, Michigan and Ohio State are both going to be in the top four. They play each other in three weeks. So one of them is going to lose that game. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I mean, don't tell an Ohio State Buckeye that because they, they take losing to Michigan like well, super rash. It's not going to be fine for whoever loses that game, but it'll be fine. I mean, you, I, I think everyone not at Michigan, like the powers that be, um, you know, just anyone who's a fan of college football, they're, they're just hoping and praying that Michigan loses at least once and to Ohio State because that'll, that'll give them a reason not to, uh, you know, Put Michigan in the playoff and win a national championship, and the NCAA doesn't have to do any punishing. Well, they will have to anyway, but they won't have that over their head of, you know. They won't, but they, they want a national title doing all this stuff. Yeah, like it, it's like an HR rep seeing two people fighting, and uh, the, they're just like, "I'm going to let this let this play out," and ho hopefully, the, the person I'm rooting for comes out ahead. Yeah, the other guy quits. Exactly. <laughs> you don't have to have the meeting. Like, I'm quitting. No, uh, I, like. How about Ohio State being able to just kind of lay in the weeds? A program that, unless you're an Ohio State Buckeye, nobody roots for because they're like Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia's like this now, but there are a few programs that nobody roots Notre for. Dame. Notre Dame, unless you are a fan of that team. And then when they play, when Ohio State and Notre Dame play each other, you kind of hope for the one who is down for the longest to beat yeah. the one who's up for the longest. That's the only thing you root for. But Ohio State, for the first time ever, America might have their back in that game. Yeah. In that they're like, we just don't want Jim Harbaugh. Like, because I, I like honestly, here's how I feel about the whole thing. I don't know what the punishment should be. I don't know how much an advantage they gain through all this. I don't know. I have no idea how much of a difference this made with what I believe is the best constructed roster in America, like why you would need all this stuff, like this extra mile to do this when you could do it off of TV anyway, you know, and not have to do all these things. What I do know, though, is that I just don't want to look at the college football playoff, no matter who, which four teams are in it. If Michigan is one of them and wins it and go, I mean, did that help them? Like, did that help them build from where they were to where they are now? I don't want to, like, think about that because we've all lived through the Astro scandal. That's and true. That's true. Like, did they really need to do that? No. But every single team in the Big Ten has a reason to complain for years to come if Michigan wins the national championship. Yeah, absolutely. And especially if something weird's going on 
like at the game and you know it like Greg Schiano did. We'll talk about Harbaugh in a, in a second at, at length, but uh, back to teams that are now reasonably out of the playoff. Oregon State was kind of a, a darling for this, but now that Arizona's beaten them, they're out of it. Still mm-hmm. a great story and still could probably wind up, you know, winning win it out because yeah. they're a good team. But Arizona is starting to make some noise, and you knew they were going to claim some victims along the way since Noah Fafita has come in and been so good. But holy cow, like Oregon State uh, really. They were up late in that game. Yeah. Um, I was awake. They were kind of my dark horse to where if Pac-12 chaos happened, they're the ones who could like swim through it Mm -hmm. a little bit. But now now I think it's kind of down to Oregon and Washington. And if they can get through. Especially Utah getting thumped as, as badly as they did. I think yeah. that was that was kind of the nail in, in everyone's opinion coffin. Yeah, it's it's going to come back around to, to yeah. Oregon and Washington and, State. And honestly, Oregon, I thought Oregon was the better team than Washington, and even though Washington won that game at home, I still think if Oregon played them on a neutral site, Oregon would win the game. I think they're, they're a better team holistically than Washington is, although not by much. I mean, clearly Washington beat them. Like it could be, if they played ten times, it might be six to four Oregon. This is this is the first year in my memory, like ever since Oregon became good in like the the mid two thousands, they've never been known for their defense. And this year, they actually really have that, and that's what makes them a really big threat. Like, what's the reason they lost a game? They went for it on too many fourth downs. Like. All right. That's I mean, the, that's just the way the game is going. Though. Yeah. I mean, so they didn't lose a game because they're deficient in any area. Yeah. You know, I, and, and look, if I'm any of the teams in the playoff, I really don't want to play Oregon or Washington. I really don't because they both have elite quarterbacks who, when they get going and elite targets and elite everything, that when they get going, you're going to make it really hard for you. I mean, it, it wouldn't shock me or disappoint me if, Oregon and Washington both make it into the college football playoff. I don't think that's going to happen because they'll play each other a second time more that, that, than likely. That, that might have been a hopeful take because yeah. I'm, I'm I'm tired of seeing two big S or two Big Ten and or two big or SEC teams squeeze yeah. in there and, and have another conference left out in the cold. But and, that's and, and right now, look, it, it could be very well be Ohio State and Michigan doing that. It's looking that way. That like if that happens, but again, the loser of that game is going to be on the outside looking in of the playoff. Because the the winner of that game and and probably you know especially if it's Georgia and FSU that are still there undefeated will have conference title games to play, which is another you know scratch in the column for them. True. Um, that you know thirteenth data point if that matters <laughs> this year or not, we'll see. The committee just again makes up things at the end. Um, I'm sure they would love it if it was just like. At the end of the year, you looked in like Georgia's thirteen and zero, Michigan's thirteen and zero, Florida State's thirteen and zero, and Washington is thirteen and zero, and they're like, "Look, guys, we're we're done here." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only thing we have to figure out is who's who's one and four and two and three and and what we're gonna do there. We'll we'll, we'll figure this all out. Like, don't worry about it. Send out the bull bids to the other ones, and then we'll just debate these four. But um, you know, um, our old friend JD Pacal had a tweet. The, the other day, it was like, well, what happens if there's five undefeated P5 teams? I'm like, listen, we have a better chance of um, a Bigfoot riding a unicorn and the Loch Ness Monster taking a picture of it than that happening. And it's already it's not going to happen. When, when, because did, when did JD send out that tweet? About two or three weeks ago. A couple oh, weeks okay. Ago. So, yeah, that, that take would be very, very cold today, though. Yeah. I mean, like right now, so there's 
there's exactly five undefeated Power Five teams. One of them. And two of them play each other. Yeah. So it's over now. Like, you could have four, but even that doesn't seem all that likely to me because somebody, somebody's going to slip up, right, Garrett? Somebody's going to slip up. I think up. so. Yeah, whether it makes I mean, sense or not. I said last week Ole Miss is going to spoil Georgia's perfect season. Everyone, I mean, everyone hopes so. I would love so. that. Everyone hopes so. Just because we want chaos. That's not what we're talking about right now, but I'm just reminding everyone no. that that's what I'm saying. Okay. Ole Miss, you say Ole Miss spoils Georgia's season. Um, that game is between the hedges, though. I, I mean, Ole Miss is kind of the, the the spoiler team in the SEC. Like they're they're the Purdue. Well, they they could have ended this Alabama nonsense a month ago, and they didn't. So, well, Alabama isn't the top dog right now. Yeah. So, oh, so they're because like, they they've they've spoiled Alabama seasons before. They've yeah. done it to Florida when they had Tim Tebow. Like, yeah. I, I I just they beat LSU this year. They beat LSU. Yeah. That and this is a good team. This isn't a bad team. And so I, I just think that. Um, Lane Kiffin's going to come at Georgia with everything they got. Yeah. Okay. Good deal. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll believe when I see it. Now, Mizzou would be interesting because they almost got yep. him last year, but that game was at Mizzou, and that was the game where Georgia gets to, like, they get to turn in, the, like, the, the tardy form. And then, yeah. Like, <laughs> they, <laughs> and they get their one excused tardy. I think, I think they played that game against Mizzou last year, kind of like, oh, this isn't a scrimmage? Okay, we can, we can get this thing together right here yeah. at the end. Let me. This is a tangent. I brought up tardy form. Okay. When you're in, unless you're riding a bus and you're not getting on the bus, and even still, how can you punish a child who can't get themselves to school for being late? I'll leave this question alone. I'll probably get canceled if I answer this question. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying, I'm just saying a statement right now. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I still own a fraternity pledge paddle. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I know, my, my question was, I always thought this was weird. I even thought this was weird when I was a kid. Like when I was in fifth, fifth grade, we had a kid get suspended because he had like seven tardies. And he lived like seven miles away from the school. We weren't in a small Catholic school. There was no bus. I mean, clearly his parents were idiots and they weren't getting him to school mm -hmm. on time. Like, it's not his fault that, like, he's not, is he supposed, he's, he's 11. He's supposed to get a car? Like, what's he going to call a cab? What is he going to do? Like, yeah, I think, that, I think in situations I mean, like that, you hold kids, you expect kids to be more, um, accountable than adults and that's pretty pathetic yeah i was like where that's I mean, where you call the parents in and goes everything all right at home you know timmy's late all the time just institute dwight schrute's demerit system <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. that is a demerit four of those you get a violation <laughs> a verbal warning then a written warning <laughs> and then when do you get the re uh, the desagulation <laughs> I, I will report you to my direct superior which is me <laughs> All right. When we come back, we have Harbaugh thoughts. This is the triple option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable. 
so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome to uh, what has become a two-often segment now because he's in the news for all bad reasons, and he's got what I think is the best team in the country. I don't, I don't know. I guess it's Georgia's the defending title, the champion that they're ranked number one, and Michigan has played slightly less of a schedule than Georgia's, which has not been great, which is why Georgia's still number one, but Michigan's blown out everyone they played. To me, they should be number one in the country. Um, I still think they're going to win the national championship. I, I think that they're the better team too. But when you've literally not lost the game, uh, when's the last time Georgia lost the game? 2021? Been a yeah. couple of years, yeah. Yeah. And they're the two-time defending national champs. They haven't lost this year. I'm okay with them being Yeah, I mean, it's one. fine. I mean, we're splitting hairs. But I, know. Um, I, think, I think Michigan is better than them right now as it stands. Um, and Georgia's still really, really elite. But – Jim Harbaugh apparently not get, according to multiple reports, not getting a contract extension uh, because of the constant investigations. And according to Tom Pelissero on NFL Network this week, um, that maybe some of the NFL has cooled on him too because they're like, well, maybe we need this storm to quiet, which the NFL is all about like looking the other way on things and hoping it passes. But these uh, are, I mean, these are things that uh, are not a big deal. And that like, and, and the NFL has already had this happen. Yeah. And so like they, they know how to deal with it. And uh, I just think there's teams that don't want, like they, they're worried. They worry too much about losing the press conference to where somebody's going to ask them. And, and I'll tell you what Jim Harbaugh is going to say. Jim Harbaugh is going to say nothing. Now he might answer the question, but it will be nothing. It'll be word salad. It'll be nothing. Or it'll be the, well, you know, I'm here at the Chicago Bears now. and Or he, he'll and, just be like Dick Cheney when he was a Walmart greeter on Family Guy. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that, there's nothing they're going to do. I mean, just say nothing. They're going to say, he's going to say nothing, and they'll move on, and then people write their columns, but, oh, Jim Harbaugh pushes the envelope and cheats a little bit, and then the Bears or the Raiders or whoever is going to go, yeah, but – He's our I mean, coach now. I think I think the Bears are desperate enough to overlook anything that we've that we know of currently that's happened at Michigan because that is a team that is just desperate for any kind of su substantial success. And he played for the Bears, so yeah. like there's that tiny little nugget okay. of connection there. You could have a, a a very good discussion about the top five Bears quarterbacks, about who they are, because the Bears have had a terrible quarterback history. It's like Sid Luckman was back in the '30s. And 40s, and that's like their best one, the one who was like the actual all pro. And back then, the forward pass wasn't as big of a deal, although he was a good passer for the time. Uh, Jim McMahon's in that discussion, Jim Harbaugh's in that discussion. Um, a lot and, of there's a good chance people watching this don't even know who you're talking yeah, about. Jake Cutler has wound up in that discussion, and then like it's a hodgepodge of like terrible, terrible being like. There are kids who grew up like dreaming to be center fielder of the Yankees because that's always kind of a cool thing. 
Like, there's probably kids in Chicago that do not grow up. <laughs> yeah, they, they grew up Bears fans. They play quarterback. <laughs> like, but they don't want to play quarterback for the Bears. Bears. Yeah, they're like, no. I don't. Like, would you like to be quarterback of the Bears? No, that's a wasteland. I, I don't want to do that. I'd rather live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. Like, even the best quarterbacks in that franchise's history were never there all that long. Mm-hmm. Jay Cutler came from another place. Um, Jim McMahon... You know, had that was the '85 Bears, and that's the best defense ever. Short lived, yeah, short lived. And then Jim Harbaugh went to the Colts after that. So who who even knows? Like what the best? But he is beloved there as as Bears fans because he was one of the better quarterbacks they've had back in the day. So he he could go take that job. But this is, I think, a significant development in that you know coaches like Jim Harbaugh just get contract extensions because they tell you they need one. You know, this is what they need. They have, like, his his leverage, like, even with the NFL, his leverage is gone because Michigan's like, look, we, we know that you're doing it. You know, you're winning games here, but I mean, this is a headache. I mean, as much of a curmudgeon and some might say a dick as he can possibly be, if if it wasn't for there being a reason in the, in the way of this uh, Spygate college football edition, if you will, um, if it wasn't for that, like, yeah, you're right. He could walk into an AD's room and be like, hey, I need a, need a contract extension. And the AD would be like, well, I don't like the guy, but look what, he, look what he's putting on the field. It's a yeah. winning team. Yeah. But now, like, you not only have the NCAA investigating your football program, you have the police, the state police, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation all investigating your football program. If you're Michigan – the shortest point to move past this is for Jim Harbaugh to go to the NFL. That's what you really want. Like, I'm sure if you're Michigan, you're calling NFL teams going like, look, I will write you a letter of recommendation that is glowing. Please, please hire him. Please. Because if he leaves, then part of your problem, not the whole problem, is solved. And that you're like, well, he's not here anymore. No, I mean, we'll have to peel back this onion to see just how big it is. But, um, I mean, Pete Carroll got out of Dodge at USC when the, when the shit was hitting the fan and left that program in shambles for years. Well, And, and look, this coach, uh, Weiss, that uh, got arrested for computer access crimes. So, like, not only, like, I, we haven't really, like, it hasn't really been delved into because nobody really knows what that is, like, what that meant. But computer yeah. access crimes is the fancy way of saying hacking. Yeah. So if Jim Harbaugh's got coaches that are hacking into other schools' computers, that like you want to talk about signal stealing, that is one thing. Yeah, you're gonna. But like when you have a coach at the NSA is another another one to knock on your door. You're like hacking into other teams' computers to get whatever information you are. That is a bit of a bridge too far. And look, that also happened in the in Major League Baseball. Uh, And guess who did it? The Houston Astros? They did. <laughs> Jeff Luno. <laughs> the, the, the way you phrased that question made me uh, made me pause. Like, is it someone else it was besides it the, them? <laughs> was the Cardinal? It was between the Cardinals and the Astros. There was a like a, uh, a like a, a and maybe I, I might have that reversed. Some kind of sleeper but Jeff, cell. It was Jeff Luno who had been at both places. Okay, was doing it, um, and so I can't remember what it was, but that's why Jeff Luno got removed mm-hmm. from his job for a little while. Uh, was was that uh, stuff that was going on? So it's happened in in professional sports too. But if you again, if you are hacking another team, which that's what computer access crimes are, like, signal stealing is only part of that. Like that's like the that's the part that you can see. 
Yeah, and it's, it's crazy because I bet you anything, like, they, they don't view it as a crime because even if they're hacking, which I don't know what the degree uh, to what crime that is, it's definitely a crime. It doesn't matter why you're doing it, but if you're going to, you know, set a house on fire because you want charcoal, you're not thinking about the devastation that you're causing yeah. the fire. You, you're trying to go get charcoal. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. I think that, but, yeah, if I, um, that's the one thing that, that, and look, the NCAA was handed one FBI investigation and we're like, you know, what to, we read all this and it's, we're, we're, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a lot of words. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what to do about it. I mean, I, I, I'm thinking about what we talked about during the break, but the, uh, Vince Vaughn, John Favreau exchange, and I think uh, Vince Vaughn is probably the FBI. All right, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Let's just drop it. You're the problem. <laughs> You're the problem, and th and that's the FBI pointing at the NCAA. Yeah, exactly. Well, Michigan, Michigan has a lot to to work through here, but not offering Jim Harbaugh the contract extension is is to me, in my opinion, that is Michigan telling him, please go somewhere else after you play. Like, here's what we'd like you to do. We'd like you to win the national title win that thing, and then leave. Go somewhere else. We appreciate all you've done, except not all of it. <laughs> oh, but what a fine line you tow, though, because if, if, if they just tell him, hey, this is going to be your last year, like what like level of effort or how does Jim Harbaugh go about finishing out the season, no, knowing that it's his last ride? He's, He's a crazy person. That's why I asked the question. He's a crazy person, so there's no way to tell. I think he would win a national title for spite to make them see, like, well, you you know, you didn't do, like, it was 20-plus years, 26 years since the last time you did this. Good luck in the next 26. I'm out. As opposed to, like, packing it in and going, like. Because, yeah, I, I don't think that the trouble stops once Jim Harbaugh leaves. No, it's going to be, like, they're in the storm. The trouble stops when they get exposed. How many programs, though, given all the distractions and these outside circumstances, could keep the program and their season on the rails the way this Michigan team has been oh, able to only, do that? Only ones that are built like a political machine, like Michigan is. You know, so it'd be where like you just can a handful, just, right? Like your yeah, Georgias like, or whatever? Yeah, Georgia, Alabama, you know, Texas. Yeah. Look, Texas um, either has – very few scandals, or they just know how to get through them. And I'm going to tell you, I don't think any organization that's that big has very few scandals. No. I mean, I, I've got – we've only got six minutes left, and I've got a novel of opinions on whether or not I think the University of Texas has scandals. But I also you know, have a tinfoil hat in my car. That well, but look, and my point is I pick out Texas because they've, they've – they, they manage their way through things pretty well, like when it comes down to it. Yes. And most of that is because you are prepared for it, A, which they do well. Like they, the thing about Texas, which I think everybody else that's the size of Texas could learn is, look, you're going to have problems. Where you have more problems is where when everyone knows you have a problem and then you say, no, 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 we don't have a problem. You're looking at it the wrong way. What Texas does for example, with Chris Beard is, no, 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 Chris Beard's a problem. Nobody's bigger than the, nobody's bigger than these horns. You're gone. And so then while they might have a bigger problem, people quit looking as deep because they're like, well, they fired the guy who did it. So mm -hmm. 
you know, that's over, as opposed to places who sometimes we'll, we'll call, let's call this hypothetical place Michigan State. <laughs> where at this Michigan State University, wherever that is, people come and tell them they have a problem, and they say, no, nah, we don't have a problem. We don't have a problem, we don't have a problem, we don't have a problem. And then you have one of the largest scandals in, Amer not just college athletics history, yeah. in American history. Like it's, it's something that will be taught to classes. Like people, like it has changed the way that large companies do business because they were so bad at dealing with their scandal. So there's places like that. So that's where Texas does well. Michigan, I don't know if they're doing it well or not, but we'll see. Right. But when Matt Weiss, like what happened when he, they went and raided his office, they didn't stand by Matt Weiss. No. He's just a guy. Just like Texas, Chris Beard is a, is a really good basketball coach. But guess what? That's not some kind of like rare pink diamond that you, you, know, you have to smuggle out of a country. Like it's, there's plenty of good – like, like there was a guy on his staff yep. just as good as he was. Amazing. <laughs> so they knew like, well, it's not like, you know, we had to go to like go to the moon to find somebody. There's just one guy, like, you're standing next to him. You take a step to the left. You're in charge now. That's all you have to do. Where Michigan got rid of, of Weiss, and they got rid of Connor Stallions. Now, the bigger problem will be when they decide that Harbaugh has to move on and how that goes. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to have to deal with his exit, and then they're still going to have to deal with the aftermath. But one thing in the meantime that I think they've done well, I'm not sure exactly how they've navigated it, is they have found some kind of scandal pause button to where um, they haven't had to deal with anything. Like it, It's almost like the information is leaked out in a time that's convenient for them to map out how they're going to handle everything. Yeah. No, it is. like it, Well, part of it is just acknowledging that everyone knows it. Yeah. And then saying... And then doing the thing where, like, we didn't know about this. I was just sitting here, and this this boy genius was coming up to me with all the signals. And I thought, oh, my God, I've, I've, I've found... I found a wonderkind here. Yeah, I've got a wonderkind, and that's it. That's what we're going to do, um, which also no one believes, but we also can't prove it. Like, because you could make the case, like, look, I don't... I, I give my staff a lot of latitude, and I tell them this is what I want. I want you to study their signals and see if we can do that. And then if you give no instruction past that, like you didn't say by any means necessary, but they could have inferred that you meant by, by any means necessary. And then you find out like Connor Stallions is buying tickets and just turning in receipts that, you know, he writes for something else. Like, hey, I spent $300 this week. Okay, fine. Why were you in East Lansing, Michigan? <laughs> oh, I was uh, recruiting. All right, whatever. <laughs> fine, here's your, your whatever it is, and then you move on, and then you can be Jim Harbaugh and be like, well, did you know he was in-person scouting, and did you know that your officer coordinator was hacking at other things? Like, no, I have a lot to do here. I didn't know that. I am shocked and appalled that the people that I interviewed and hired for this job would ever do that to me. I can't believe it. Me, in charge, totally in charge and control of everything, but clueless as to anything that's bad. I am only in charge of the good things. I'm Jim Harbaugh. That's what they're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's a really, really good point that you just made. I, I, uh, I just think that they've done a good job in the meantime. I just don't know if they can sustain that because chickens are going to come home to roost at some point. Yeah. yeah. Also, Jim Harbaugh, 
one-time guest star of Saved by the Bell, the new class. You don't say. It sounds like, <laughs> I mean, I know that that was a huge turd, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that Jim he Harbaugh was, was on that. He was Screech's cousin. Screech's cousin. <laughs> May Harbaugh rest in peace. And Screech. That seems fitting. Yeah. <laughs> rest in peace, Dustin Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> and Matthew Perry, by the way. Oh, yeah. Sad, very sad news about Matthew Perry uh, this weekend. Well, that's going to do it for us on that sad note. Uh, but uh, Garrett, thank you. Jack, thank you. Jacob, thank you for coming in on, on late notice once again. I'm the Jason Terry of this show, Paul. The six you are. Man. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what you are. You're the Jason Terry of the triple option. That's going to do it for us. We've got Rhett Lashley and Jeff Trailer on the show today uh, later on at 3 o'clock. So those should be really good among a cast of thousands, including J.J. Joe and Phil Bennett. That's going to do it for us. Have a good night, everybody. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency 